Hi, y'all, and welcome to The Table Podcast. I am your host, Isaac Sanders, and I am here with Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Isaac. How you doing? You know, I'm alive. This is good. It's a general goal for me to be alive every day, but uh, I can be. I mean, every other day, I think, is my goal at this moment. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) I I respect that. Yeah. (laughs) Every other day is, like, a good, solid goal for me right now. But, I mean, every day is also, like, the end goal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I got stuff every day. I got to be up. Got to be going. Mm. (laughs) I got anime to watch. So, you know, every other day is a good day. Yeah. It's a good pace. It's a pretty good pace. Anyway, so we're just going to jump right into appetizers. Unless you want to say a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself. You know how it goes. Um, I'm Erin. I'm in the same program as Isaac. Yes, program. Woo! Mm-hmm. Social welfare. Uh, I am an incredibly overworked and underslept and underappreciating good food person right now. But mm. it's great. It's fine. Yeah. I am gonna make it to graduation and then i'm gonna be just this happy wonderful underworked person (laughs) instead of overworked and it'll be it'll feel good and like actually get paid for the labor that we put into the world oh yeah definitely that just sounds like amazing experience (laughs) yeah i'm actually really just looking forward to being able to eat good food and not taco bell five layer burritos so fair (laughs) genuinely so fair like okay so we're just gonna jump right into appetizers because you know how i am about this food because we're clearly still talking about food and i don't know why Um, (laughs) so i know you listen to the podcast i do so my first question is how have you liked the podcast so far it's really been great um like i've mentioned my (laughs) memory is a little on the poor side so i'm like (laughs) podcast episode and then immediately just go on to something else i'm like wait (laughs) something i was going to dedicate my time to um but no it's been really great it's been really um an awesome opportunity to reflect on a lot of a lot of the discussions and Mm kind of hear conversations that i haven't been able to have in years and it's been really refreshing and um nice because that's you grow in conversations and um even though i wasn't participating it was nice to listen to them and um reflect on what was being said so Mm. i like it come on reflections what are you thinking of your podcast oh my gosh okay (laughs) so the more and more i do this the more and more i'm like I need to do more. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I need to devote more time to this. I need to, like, really work on, like, a nice, like, sound. What am I going to do with <laughs> engineering? Like, the more, like, I listen to other people's podcasts, I'm just like, oh, my God, what they're doing and this is so interesting. I need to incorporate right? it into mine. And yeah. so I feel like my curation, like, my creative, like, creative side of myself is, like, flourishing right now. And I'm, like, super excited about it. But... I have to keep going. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's my whole entire thing is, like, I can't let it stop. Because if I, like, let my, like, not dreams, but my, like, imagination, like, like, taper off right now, I don't know what's going to happen. So, like, I'm super pumped about the future right now when it comes to the podcast and, like, everything else because I'm just trying to survive at this point. But, like, (laughs) I know that once I get a little bit more time to, like, really focus in on this, like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be good. So I'm super pumped. It's I'm just excited. Yeah. Um... So, my other question for you is, how do you escape reality? We're, we're in this, this one of those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of those years, actually. You're not, you're not wrong. Um, okay, 
So my ideal escaping from reality is going to be, you know, video games, books, socializing with people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Though I think in all actuality, I'm overworked because that's my escape at this point. I'm like, hey, I've got a couple minutes to sit and reflect on things. You know what? I'm going to go clock in and I'm going to go work for an eight hour shift (laughs) instead. But Mm -hmm. because it's just... It puts me in a situation working in customer service where I get to focus on other people mm-hmm. and not have to think about what's going on in the world. But right. I mean, sitting and reading a good book is a lot healthier form of that. But, you know, I mean, got bills to pay. Yeah. You know, so. coping mechanisms. And if your coping mechanism also pays your bills, I feel like you could do both. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that would be my choice. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, how do you escape? <sighs> So, I have not been doing a lot of escaping. I've been trying to sit in my discomfort recently, which has been hard. It's been pretty difficult. It's It's, very bold. It's a bold, but it's like, that's how self-work happens, right? You're supposed to sit in your discomfort and kind of sit there. But my go-to escapism from the reality that we do live in is to literally watch anime, play video games that have no social like context like there's Mm -hmm. some things like i can't read certain comic books because they're like intertwined into what's happening in reality and it's very reflective and i think that was like something that i really enjoyed from like different video games that like gave me a sense of like pride and hope because everything was like very friendship will cure the world (laughs) and like it was just like very simple and like you could figure this out and it'd be okay nope not anymore. Like, I have to, like, read a Batman comic book and they're talking about, like, Black Lives Matter in it. And I'm just like, no. I yeah. don't need this right now. This is not what I want. I um, particularly love this puzzle game that I have on my phone mm-hmm. that is – it's just a crossword. That's all it is. Yeah. And it le- has clues like most famous Pokemon. And it's like Pikachu's the answer. And it's just like, oh, this is friendly. This is nice. <laughs> and it's like this world famous tennis player. And I'm like, I have no clue. It's fine. I'll watch a, cr- I'll watch a little ad about this crappy little Farmville-esque game. And it'll be fine. And none of it is a commentary. Right. I think the game is British influenced as well because it just asks things in weird ways and like no American says that. Like where's this game coming from? What kind of American is this? <laughs> right? Like it's like is this the northeast? I don't know. I don't know these girls. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um so, final question and as you know what is going to be, why are we friends? So I thought about this a lot because everyone on your episodes are like, we have same interests. We met at this one group. We are friends because we're in the social welfare program together. Mm -hmm. And you came into class and you were like, I'm from Oklahoma. I'm a military brat. And everything in me was like, oh, my God, my people. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) uh, Because moving to Kansas was a really lonely experience for me. Um, My husband couldn't come up with me. Mm -hmm. Um, He couldn't come up for five or six months. And it was just a really kind of difficult things when you're like I went to school in Tulsa I grew up in um further south from there where Mm -hmm. I went to college and I was just like oh my god he knows yeah (laughs) just Oklahoma is a very specific sector (laughs) yeah and oh my gosh but I had to like rein in my excitement (laughs) because I saw everyone was excited about you I mean Mm -hmm. um you guys have kind of talked about how going to school here in Kansas has not exactly been friendly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been a challenging experience. And um, I saw kind of everybody flocking to you in a sense. There are a lot of people who are like, this person's different. 
I need to be mm. friends with them. And I was like, Aaron, you're grown. He's grown. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of you need this. Um, but we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> but we did. Uh, so when you were in class and you were like, yeah, I just zone out to anime. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, more reason. <laughs> and I just, I think we're friends because we don't expect more than who we are from each other. Mm. We literally, like, we're in social welfare together. So we know we have really similar perspectives on things you and I have talked about social justice and what it means and mm-hmm. we don't expect more from that because yeah. we we agree on a lot of stuff and that makes it easy but we mm-hmm. also know that we have our own struggles right now right, right. school and our own struggles outside and our own a lot of strengths and a lot of positives and a lot of fun <laughs> exciting things happening in our lives and we just don't demand more than who we are mm-hmm. so it's it, it was a slow friendship, but I think it's been a really great one. It was slow. Yeah. In the grand scheme of Isaac friendships that happened, like, oh, my God, we hung out for a full week and now we're best friends. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I really appreciate our friendship yeah. because I don't, like, it's so funny because I feel like I'm always super authentic with you because I just don't. Like, I know you know things that other people don't get. Like, when I start complaining about the fact that, like, it's so hard for me to move up here because when I first got here, I had to meet new friends. And, like, I hate the whole entire military thing where, like, I have to leave and then make new friends again. And then, like, like I'm really good at making good friends yep. and not making strong, lasting relationships. And, like, that's my life. Like, that's who I am as a person. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just, like, the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it was just, like, so easy to talk to you about these things because I didn't feel like I had to, like force anything and it was just like ah like somebody gets me gets me like Mm -hmm. it's not even like that i'll try hard gets me so it's like if i'm going through something and like i'm complaining it's just like yeah i remember what i felt like that at this point in time because this is what where i was stationed at or like this is where i was at in life and it was just like same fam (laughs) but anyway let's take a break and we'll be back with dinner my favorite Hey, y'all. It's Isaac. And this is a break, I guess. Um, So I wanted to talk to you, all listeners, to figure out how you guys wanted to see the table moving forward. So I have a couple of questions for you. Um, If you guys think that a co-host would be feasible, please let me know um, if you can give me feedback on how long the episodes you want them to be or if you want multiple episodes over a week, that would be awesome too. And if you know any investors or anybody who wants to be shouted out on the pod, please let me know. And let's get back to the show. And we're back. So, Erin, dinner is served. Guess what we're having for dinner, girl? Is it video games? It's video games! Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to talk to you about all the video games. Yeah, it's not like I haven't done that for the last uh, four or five years in my jobs, but it's cool. No, I love it. It's cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. No, no, no. There's a, I've made a bad choice. There's a reason I stay working and selling video games and yes. comics and such. Yeah, because, Erin, um, you work at a super awesome place called GameNet. I'm going to give do. them, like, a little bit of space right now because I feel yes. like it's important because yes. we've been trying to get this, like, board game thing going. Yes. GameNet for a minute, <laughs> and I feel like if somebody is listening and they want to do like any kind of board games, please come find me at GameNet. Yes, oh at either gosh. the Mass Street or the Iowa Street location because I work everywhere. Um, I really do, <laughs> boss. If you're hearing this, you have me work everywhere. 
Um, but no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, come hang out. We have so many people who just play magic. Not that there's anything against Magic the Gathering, but I would love to see more than the six awesome board game players we have at the store mm-hmm. at the store playing. Right. So it'd be fine. I think I like make space. Yeah, make space because you know how tables. I feel about space. Space is space. love. Love is space. So definitely, I will figure it out. But like, also, if Game Nut wants to like sponsor the podcast or anything, we could hang out. (laughs) (laughs) We could all hang out. We could have like the table at Game Nut. Ooh, that's a good idea! What? Oh my gosh! Look at us. We're coming up with problems and like solving them, (laughs) solving them, and fixing everything. Oh god, this is gonna be good. Okay, Okay. we'll table that. We'll table that. (laughs) Parking lot. It. Yes, (laughs) real quick. Okay. So we're talking about video games. Mm -hmm. So what is the importance of video games in your life? I love creation Mm. and I love stories. And Mm -hmm. video games are this really great immersive way to be involved in a story. Um, Obviously, that kind of comes with I'm very critical of the storytelling process. And Mm -hmm. when we talk about debates, I will let loose (laughs) on um, one particular game. But uh, there's a lot of fantastic art that comes from video games. Right. I mean, just some amazing quality stuff. Uh, Final Fantasy has uh, a beautiful work. Um, Cuphead beautiful. is a you know a really great creative interface. Mm-hmm. I love just how things have progressed from. I mean, it, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time on the 64 Yo. to the 3DS version. I am just, still shook about that. Yeah, like it's. It's been amazing just being involved with that and watching that growth and just knowing it's not only the art, but also the it, like people who are researching how to make the text smaller and better, mm-hmm. faster. Like, um, yeah. But uh, they're also really ego boosting because you get all these rewards and you're like, I'm the hero. I'm right. Day. <laughs> I'm Sonic. I can run really fast. But um, it's they're very. I don't know. They're important. They're fun. They are important. Uh, they don't all have to be shoot them up adventure games right um and so they're just they're important ways for me to kind of get out and feel good <laughs> right like accomplish something it's like fascinating i remember when i first started playing video games at the great age of like one or two and my mom had <laughs> gotten me a sega genesis and my mom like has this video of me playing the sega genesis and i'm just like button mashing like i still <laughs> do to this day i'm just a button masher but it was like I learned so much of like my values and stuff from video games and mm-hmm. like TV shows and like basically like consuming different kinds of media. But like even now, I love the Kingdom Hearts franchise oh, just yes. because one, the art form is gorgeous. Like you're mixing Final Fantasy with Disney. Don't like literally, I was shook. Like I remember when Kingdom Hearts first came out and I was just like, oh my God, Titus is in this. But wait, there's Waka. Oh my God, Final Fantasy 10 characters? But Mickey Mouse, like I couldn't deal with the crossover, number one. And then the storyline was brilliant. Yes. And so like, even with that, like, my whole entire idea of like friendship and camaraderie is like Donald, Goofy, and Sora. Like nobody can tell me it's shit. Like I want a ragtag team of three trio. people. Like yeah. that group of people. Like I've always wanted to have three people in my life where it was like I'm Donald, you're Goofy, and I'm Sora. But yeah. like in real life, we all know I'm Goofy because. But that <laughs> video game in itself was so good, and so it like bounced me and off. The soundtrack. Such a good simple soundtrack. and clean is still like uh, my, sob the song. My friend Brandon. <laughs> 
um, we literally just had a conversation about Simple and Clean and how, like, what's her name? Utada. What is her name? The lady who sings it. I can't remember her name. Crap. But, like, she got, like, screwed over by... Like the like the English dubbed version, those were none of the words that she was saying in Japanese. Like none of them. <laughs> like what? they made a whole entire different song and used her voice. And like she had, to, it was so fascinating. There's like a background to Kingdom Hearts. Like Kingdom Hearts is kind of like oppressive, but like also I'm still gonna play the fuck out of Kingdom Hearts three Same. when it comes out. So yeah. regardless, but yes, video games shaped and crafted part of my foundational mm-hmm. like values. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to explain that to somebody who doesn't play video games yep. like that because it's like oh I. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sitting in my room and I'm playing Destiny 2. And they're like, why? I'm like, I don't know. Like, Destiny's 2 storyline is like fascinating to me because yeah. it's like this universe and it's being taken over, and there's like these guardians of light, but like this Destiny 2 just literally was like, oh, you don't have to be a guardian of light to be great. Like, there's normal people who are still fucking it up on the ground. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is the storyline <laughs> I actually wanted. Like, and it's still like this massive game where you can do like the the what do you call it? The like Everybody's into the... Side quests, the raids. Yeah, the, not the, the raids. Like, all yeah. of that stuff where it's, like, very interactive. But, like, when I played video games, like, I'm very into the storyline. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do not speak to me unless you want to talk <laughs> to me about the storyline that we're going through together. Right. Because, like, me and um, Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, God. That video one. game, like, I would love to sit and just watch yeah. people play that. Mm-hmm. Because it's based off of your choice, or like even that whole entire like the Mass Effect, those kind of video games where it's based mm-hmm. off your choices. Fallout New Vegas really All messed of it, me up like, because uh, of that. Because it's like even when I think I'm a good person and I'm making the right choices, like I can still fuck up a whole entire yeah. civilization. Like yeah. video games make me think way, and my imagination is already wild as is. So like video games just made it a lot bigger than I thought it was ever going to be. Yeah, so it's fascinating watching you play. Um, that one time oh. was hilarious. Which game? Uh, it's the horror one. I'm oh, so Until bad at Dawn. Games. Yeah, Until Dawn. Yeah. We're, I, we're all trying to vote on decisions, and we're like, what's a third option? Why is there a third option? <laughs> like, what do you mean you have to defend her or, like, shut her down? Like, why can't you just be like, man, you got you got your own issues. Like, like can I leave the situation? Can I, like, not But no, able? like, it has to move the storyline along. But, yeah. like, even with that, like, Until Dawn had that the super awesome interface where, like, sometimes doing nothing is the right choice. But you, there's only situations where you get the, like, it's a timer, and you're like, if I just let the time run out, like, I don't know what's going to happen. But, like, that idea of real life where I can make this decision or I can make that decision, but, like, honestly, I could do nothing, and that's a decision in itself. Yep. Like, they make me a better person almost mm-hmm. in the way that I navigate spaces and navigate human like interactions. They're, they're decision simulators in a sense. It's so fascinating. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, that was like a <laughs> farther deep dive than I thought we were gonna go. You can tell where our passions are. Yes, where they lie <laughs> and like why oh we do social work, but like also we game really yeah. hard. Oh yeah. If we could do like a social work gaming crossover, yo, how could we do that? I need to talk to some people. We can, yeah. Ooh. Okay. We're going to have to also <laughs> parking lot that one, too. Yeah. We're going to put that on the side, because if that... If you guys want to listen to this conversation, please let us know. That'll <laughs> be for a different day. That's a different day. That's like a interpersonal conversation that I have oh to have God, with, like, yeah. several different people. And then if it works out, and then there's, like, a way to do social work through, like, video game therapy... Yo. Actually, Is I that think... a clinical thing? Yeah. There's so... um. This is where you can tell the social welf- welfare nerdiness. Um, so 
I think it's either cognitive behavioral or dialectic behavioral mm. therapy. They have video game interfaces for teens who don't, who maybe don't have the socio-emotional mm-hmm. development to process a lot of that meta thinking with cognitive behavioral and stuff like that. So it's an external way of engaging with that thought um, in a culturally appropriate manner with a with a video game. So that's oh. your. Uh, those are your buzzwords for Culture today, but, um, but no, they've actually started to integrate it into therapy. Yeah. It's... I feel like it'd work a lot better for certain people because I knew like mm-hmm. uh, they had a lot of simulators for like flying. And when I was learning how to fly planes, like they had us doing simulators a lot. And so that's why I like really was into it because I'm like simulators, great yeah. video games. And then it was like, I know that PTSD therapy, they have um, war veterans come back and play Call of Duty. Because for them, it's therapeutic. For me, it's just like, die, shoot, die. Like, yeah. But for them, it was like actually something where it's like, I'm simulating combat and it's easier for me to reintegrate because I'm not just mm-hmm. pulled out. And you like, can also pull out of the game when it gets too much. When it gets too much, I can leave. Yeah. And so that's fascinating. But like, yeah, I just want to figure out a way how that could be like, how can I simulate oppression for people to learn how oppression works through a video game lens? Which they do already. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I'm sorry. My brain <laughs> just, like, lost it. Okay, next question, because I'm the rabbit hole. Um, so, board games yes. versus phone games versus yeah. video games. Okay. Rate them. Which one do you prefer to do? At what times do you choose which ones to do? Um, any crossovers that we need to know, like, really good yeah. Things that we need to know around that. So, um, I love board games the most. Okay. Um, they are, uh, it, they're huge right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people might think the golden age of board games was 50 plus years ago, but it's kind of right now. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just exploding. It's this huge thing with all these gorgeous games and all these gorgeous boards. And I love them because of the ingenuity that comes into it. Like, how do you take... They just did a board game version of This War of Mine. Okay. Um, which was a Steam game, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, how do you take a video game and make it into a board game? Or a board game into a video game? And just yeah. seeing that ingenuity with taking this program and dumbing it down into pieces in um, a multiplayer cooperative experience. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. Like the people who can solve those puzzles um, and create those puzzles because board games for me are about a social puzzle experience that I might not be able to get in a lot of video games. Um, So they're really, they're really important just because I get to talk to people while doing it. (laughs) I get to solve some problem and I get to experience this new rule set and mm-hmm. this new way of the create like a, a thought because the creators are kind of showing us this is how we think mm-hmm. because that's expressed in this game that we're giving you. Right. There's some really great board games. <laughs> like <sighs> I think my list of recommended board games in the store is like 10 games long now because they're you just know, so I good. You know, I just got to put it at the bottom of like these are all the board games that Aaron 
like loves and then just put it at the bottom of the caption of this like episode so everybody could just be like oh yeah I'm gonna go and try this board game or you could come to game night and hang out with me and Erin whenever we get that together (laughs) yeah it's a thing it's a thing now we'll get it out there we'll make it happen it's gonna be like totally make it happen hey game night people (laughs) yeah but uh that was a lot oh my gosh everybody's gonna hear me yell over an alarm this is life. This is life as it happens. <laughs> this is almost a live show. Oh, my but, gosh. Uh, no, um, bo- so board games, <laughs> just to kind of bring it back, mm-hmm. board games are a very social experience, so I love to do them whenever I'm feeling sociable and when I'm feeling kind of up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find them to be a bit more engaging because they're tangible. Yeah. Um, phone games I also think are great. Anybody who bashes casual players, you need to rethink your life. Right. Because picking up my phone when I'm on a bus or when I'm – in between meetings or whenever I just need to not talk to somebody around me mm-hmm. is just as valid. And they have Final Fantasy games on your iPhone and it costs Android. Money, they do. And but I'd like, also give them my seven dollars. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I've done I, it. Yeah. But like the fact that I can play Final Fantasy Eight on my phone, you can't mm-hmm. say I'm casual anymore. No, because in that's fact, I'm doing better than you because I took <laughs> that game from my PlayStation one on out on the streets playing. I'm out on the streets still playing (laughs) Final Fantasy. Let's be real. And and obviously, like, with the Switch and stuff and people's (sighs) love of handhelds, like, the mobility is becoming popular. We want that. Right. Um, I'm so frustrated at the fact that, like, I was so into DSs and, like, mm -hmm. that was, like, a coping mechanism for me was, like, I can take my DS wherever I want to go. If I'm, like, in a social interaction that I don't want to be in, I can just pull out my DS and, like, play video games and nobody... Like, Isaac, why aren't you engaging? This is a lot. Like, like, this is a lot for me. I'm just... Pokemon's great and you're not... What? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm going through this storyline that, like, I have no control over and it's very fixed. But, like, still, it's, like, this brilliant story of, like growth and how you overcome like evil through like growth and power and just teamwork. Uh, and teamwork. <laughs> uh, I just love video games. Yeah. But yeah. They're great. So the only reason I ever even got into board games was when we became friends. I'm not even gonna lie. Like going to game nut and that one time I went to game nut and we were pl- I was playing a board game with somebody or we had pulled one out and we were playing yeah. it together and I was just like this is so fun oh my gosh I'm having a great time and I was like I don't even remember what the game was it was like you was had it the dungeon crawling one where we had to like take the treasure and yeah take the treasure yes. and you were a certain character you had a specific character and how long your character stayed oh my gosh. in we that had game one was... of those like cute, like gel blob yes. cube monsters there that was fun yeah, yeah it was such a fun game and I was like this is, like, I'm having a good time. And, like, the, a lot of the time when I have social interactions where we're playing a kind of game, it's gotten, it makes me feel ten times better. Like, just because yeah. I'm, like, in this social room and we're all playing together, which I don't feel like I get when I play video games, yep. except when I choose to play video games with a group of friends, yep. which is, like, the same kind of feeling I want. And it's something that I, like, want constantly is, like, we're all going through this together and we're all experiencing this together and we can talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. We can talk about, like, the way Until Dawn is scary in certain situations, but, like, there's other times where we're talking about it. I'm like, why is this black man and this Asian woman going out into the woods together and y'all think something good is gonna happen? We need to fix the situation, but we can't. Or why does the girl have Walmart nails? (laughs) Why does she have Walmart nails, Isaac? She did have Walmart nails. That's so funny. I would have never noticed that. They were Walmart nails. <laughs> they had the Walmart logo on them. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. And the fact that it was like the face actor of it is Hayden Panettiere with Walmart nails. <laughs> like all of that is too much. It's just all too much. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So va- favorite video game debate. Okay. Why don't you start with yours? Okay. My favorite video game of all time. I mentioned Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. But in real life, it's not Kingdom Hearts because Kingdom Hearts storyline is amazing Mm -hmm. and phenomenal. All things about Kingdom Hearts are great. My favorite video game series, Dynasty Warriors. I play the mess out of some Dynasty Warrior games because of the strategic element and the fact that it's like culturally like correct it was one of the first culturally like specific correct video games that had characters who were actual real people now the abilities that they had not so real but like the querying of like certain characters and the way that they like live their lives like all of it is very correct and there's so much extensive research done with it and i like video games that give me like material to read too because dragon Weight age inquisition was one of those where it's like they have such an extensive background so like the storyline of everything like you have to like know stuff and read stuff to get into all of it. Right. So, But it wasn't like Final Fantasy 13 where the only way you knew what was going on was by reading everything. Right. That, oh, God, that. I like, <laughs> love Final Fantasy video games and then but at the same exact time, like... Why 13? Why 13? Why? <laughs> and why was there, like, three, like... Like, there was part one, mm-hmm. and, like, that storyline was magnificent, and it mm-hmm. was long as shit, and I was emotional, and I cried, and that was when Leona Lewis was on the soundtrack, and I was like, this song is actually a lot. <laughs> like, I was like, this is this is too much. So then part two came in, and I was like, so now we're time traveling. Because why not? Oh, my God, what the fuck? Yeah, then part three comes in, I'm just like, oh, so we're just lightning? That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> and she has a ta- like she has all these swords from like time traveling. Time traveling. <laughs> and she has all these weapons and all of a sudden like it's like and that storyline was too much. Like all of it was just too much. And then they dropped 15 and I was like, "What the fuck?" It's worth it though. It was. It's a nice redemption. I guess. Yeah. So, my fave video games are tied. Mm. Um God, I'm such a nerd. Um I love the Lego series of games mm. so much. Mm-hmm. They're simple. They're friendly. I love the slapstick humor approach to it's retelling so stories. Funny. When so they started funny. putting lines in, I was like, you guys have cheated the team of creativity. Like, <laughs> as cool as it is to see little Lego Frodo giving little Lego Frodo lines, like, yes. <laughs> give me that slapstick, that humorous approach to it. Um, I think I like the Batman Lego one. Oh. The Batman Lego one was super funny. Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham was amazing for its storytelling, (laughs) for its comedy, for its gameplay. Okay. Everything about it was great. And I tell people that these are great games and they just, they scoff. I had somebody scoff at me and I was like, no, really, if you want a good storytelling experience with great replay value, with... um, achievable completion right because um, no game has achievable completion anymore unless you like immerse yourself yeah and this uh. one is so casual and I, I feel so good when I play it because I a level might take me anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes mm-hmm. but I completed a level <laughs> and like I found more things and there are a lot of different puzzles albeit simple I mean it's geared towards children I won't deny that but there's a sense of, sense of satisfaction at the end right. of it I'm like I can put this game down and come back and I not feel like I'm 
stopping in the middle of a story or I'm not feeling like I'm just frustrated and, you know, coming up against a wall. It's literally like, I did it. It was great. It was funny. I'm going to move on. on. (laughs) Yeah. That's real. But the other two, there is kind of, it's an older series, the Dragon Warrior and the Dragon Warrior Monsters kind of stuff. It's totally was like, Square Enix, Enix before they merged with Squaresoft. Wait, was it like Dragon Quest? No. Yeah. Was it Dragon Quest? Yeah. I love that shit. No. No, it was so cartoony. Yes. Yes, it was cute, and they had the little like um, the little blue people the with sl- the, the the points. The slimes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I haven't played. Oh, when was the last time I played that game? It's so good. Oh, it was on my PS2. Yeah, yes. They have like a Dynasty Warrior. Mm-hmm. Feel to they it, ha- so. Yeah, it did. And it was like very much like it was like almost in between like Final Fantasy and Dynasty Warrior because it was mm-hmm. very strategic. But it was like also like that three people team thing. Yep. And then like. And you got to recruit monsters. Yeah. And they yeah. were your friends yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, my gosh. This like makes me remember like Monster Ranchers uh-huh. or like these like animes that became video games. <laughs> and like that's the only reason I played them. Yep. Uh, Monster Rancher was one of them. Oh, my gosh. What else? It's... Do you remember Cubics? I do remember Cubics. Did you ever play the video game? I did not. It was on GameCube. And it was a mess. (laughs) It was a mess. I loved it, though, because it was just like, my Cubic spot is better than your Cubic spot. (laughs) But, like, also, it was trash. Like, it was just like, oh, my God, it was so bad. No, that's... Man. It's definitely a great series. And um, my all-time fave, though, I think is uh, Breath of Fire 4. Okay. It's an old PS1 game. Um weeb as fuck uh <laughs> like you're you play a silent inta- or protagonist mm-hmm. who is a dragon, <laughs> and, a dragon. Uh, it's just this great you know traditional um jrpg and uh i never beat it when i was younger and i think it was back when blockbuster was still alive and thriving so mm-hmm. i rented it more than i never owned it <laughs> But GameNet had a copy, and so <laughs> I, it's back in my life. Yay! And um, it has it has a lot of just great little bits to it, and I'm so excited to get back into it. It's been a very slow process, of course, because my mm-hmm. schedule. I like play it if I have if I get in bed before ten o'clock. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, we're gonna play a little <laughs> bit, but. Um, that's my all-time fave. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay, so before we wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, because, you know, we have to talk about heavy topics at least because we were super happy, but, like, the gender issue within the video game community and how games are gendered, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, board games are games for women unless you're playing Magic or, like, stuff like that. Or if you're playing a certain video game, there's certain video games that are very much... um, targeted to a specific audience and so it might be violent or overly sexual or Mm -hmm. stuff like that and that overtness of like these are the people who are creating the games and they're not being contingent or like critical in the way that they're doing their work is the reason why this these games are like this but it's to an audience who are eating it the fuck up yep like it's so disgusting Mm -hmm. and it's more than just gender right so Mm -hmm. um but we're gonna start there so um i do need to I guess specify I have been working with video games, just selling mostly mm-hmm. since um, 2013. Uh, 
with GameStop, mm-hmm. um, but I left them to come to Game Nut. It was a great decision for a lot of reasons, mainly because local businesses are fun places yes. to work at. Very casual. So nice. <laughs> um, so I saw a lot of this like firsthand. I had a lot of customers come in and just kind of ignore me in mm-hmm. lieu of male coworkers. Um, and it still happens at Game Nut to some degree, but also at Game Nut, I'm sometimes the only option. <laughs> so they kind of have to talk. Um, but women gamers and non-traditional gamers and LGBT gamers, and they exist. They're out there. I see them all the time. Mm-hmm. But they don't come to the store. Mm-hmm. There's a store in Kansas City called Tabletop Games. I'm dropping a lot of names. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm like a walking ad. Um, I actually love them. And mm-hmm. I think if if I had to pick a favorite Kansas City store, it's my favorite store. Mm-hmm. They claim that 60% of their customers are women, but they don't host anything Magic the Gathering related. Yeah. They don't um, host a lot of, I guess, male-centric games. And, mm-hmm. and their gaming room is separate from their sales floor. Mm-hmm. So you can go to the sales floor, buy your game, and then not have to navigate around crowds of players. And I love our card gaming community and I love our board gaming community. There are a lot of genuine, nice people there. But Mm -hmm. there are little things that are inherently part of it that I think keep women from wanting to join. One, it's mainly dudes. And there are women who show up, wives, girlfriends, just single players who are like, I fell in love with this game. I'm going to be here. Mm -hmm. Like, you do you. Please come. I need more women here. But then there are other little things like you stick 30 dudes in a room and it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, some basic bathroom hygiene is kind of, it turns people off from being there. You're like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sorry, dudes, but women got to squat. And like, if you're peeing on the seat, I don't want to be there. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, and then a lot of games are just kind of designed and written without a narrative that I think women can resonate with mm-hmm. um i know a lot of women who love uncharted who love call of duty right who love these very masculine games and i enjoy them too if i want to go have just this destructive romp across the landscape yeah i'll pick them up <laughs> um but if i also want to have a character that reacts in a realistic sense mm-hmm. i don't want to pick up far cry 3 and right. you know just have a character who is this casual city dwelling dude who then gets trapped on an island and all of a sudden is okay with murdering people like i don't you know it doesn't make sense it's not realistic yeah and um i think that turns people off and i don't want to talk for every woman player Mm -hmm. because again interests vary Mm -hmm. but like sports games are still a huge thing and i bet there's this whole appeal of like i'm gonna play my favorite football player but there's a teamwork feel for it like that can translate over into other things and we can have more of it. And it's mm-hmm. just a lot of a lot of narrative is missing. Also, you know, I would like to have armor that actually protects my body. And like, <sighs> uh, I would like to have my female character have boobs that make sense. Like, mm-hmm. and not these just weird floating things that can somehow support themselves. Yeah, like, support themselves with like one bra. And not like, even a bra. Not even a bra shirt. Just like fabric taped to, right, <laughs> to like, them. Like, Genuinely don't understand. Yes, but um, it makes it hard. And I love working in the store and being on the floor. It's Mm -hmm. um, harder for me to be on the floor because of my other job demands. But I love being there as just being this face 
for um, other female gamers to kind of be like, it's safe here. Mm-hmm. Like I work here. We have other girls who work here. Like come be here and enjoy this space and uh, doing little things to allow for that. Like we recently got little Glade plugins for the <laughs> store to kind of. Shout out to Glade plugins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks y'all. Um, great invention. Please do more. Um, <laughs> just to kind of, uh, you know, help with the smell. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, one of my friends described it as despair and ass. So like on one night, just because there's so much food in the space and so little uh. ventilation and so many people, um, it gets a little overwhelming. So I can see why, like if, if I didn't work there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be there sometimes. Yeah. So it's those little things that are fighting that representation problem. And mm-hmm. it's, um, I, I just, I wish there was a, a little bit more I could do, but, um, you know, at some point I can't really go like tell everybody to take a shower. <laughs> so yeah, that's but, fair. Yeah. Well, let's take a break and okay. then come back for desserts. Yeah. yeah. Did I say dessert with a T? What yeah. was that? Uh, it was you doing okay. you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's dessert time. Delicious. Yes. Yum. Yum. So. <laughs> Let's talk about the fact that we just saw Justice League together. Oh, my God, yes. It was perfect. I wish Javon was here for this conversation. I know he had more visceral reactions than I did. (laughs) I was just yelling at the screen like usual. It was That was incredibly entertaining, a couple (laughs) seats down. And uh, Javon, don't don't hate on what I might be saying about this movie. (laughs) I'm so sorry. But yeah, that experience, man, like... It was a lot. Oh, yeah. It was a lot. There was a lot. Okay, let's do negative to positives. Yes. Because I feel like that'll be, like, a move. So, like, you can go first, and I'll bounce back with more, and we can just go back and forth with the negatives. So, um, I'm going to talk about Wonder Woman a lot, and that kind of shows my bias, but I'm also going to be talking about the film and a Mm -hmm. lot of things. So, uh... One, those artificial boob plates that they had going on in those costumes were bigger than some of the actresses' actual breasts, and that was fucking ridiculous. Mm, <laughs> like, not wrong. <laughs> uh, but I feel like they stole a lot of aesthetic from the orig- from the Wonder Woman movie, and I know yeah. you have to tie in a lot of the costume design and the um, scenery to mm-hmm. it. And I I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about film the filming styles Mm -hmm. um the dramatic leaps the Mm -hmm. just dramatic fighting um which that's i mean it kind of makes sense but at some point i was hoping for some kind of originality and growth of it and not just throwbacks Um, right it's like the amazonian fighting style in itself is so artistic Mm -hmm. and it's so like pleasing to watch and it's not even because it is women and like my male gaze is like kicking in it's just like the way that they were so acrobatic and like poetic. fluid, it was just beautiful to watch yeah. them move and like yeah. function in a world where it's like, I wish I could move like that. It was almost like dancing, like mm-hmm. watching people dance. Mm-hmm. But it was like so weird when Aquaman would do that. Yeah. And it was outside of water. Like it was just yeah. like, Ugh. like this is not the way that Aquaman should move. Like yeah. I don't think this is how he moves. And uh, just, I mean, with... With, like, Hippolyta, Hippolyta, <laughs> I can't talk words. <laughs> um, but there were just some areas where I thought the body language was too feminine for mm-hmm. warriors who have been fighting with each other 
and just fighting for thousands of years and um like having engaged in a martial arts Mm -hmm. for years um you know my my form isn't going to look as strong as a male's form simply Mm -hmm. just because of rounded edges (laughs) right but um I mean the way she fired in but her arrow oh by the way spoilers um <laughs> oh, shit fuck oh god yeah spoilers um, sorry fam and just this dramatic sad head tilt that she had mm-hmm. um it's like i don't know what you're conveying you're firing an arrow to light this like warning fire we get it there's danger do you have to look so sad it's like do you it have like... to look do you have to look a th- like sad and so feminine and i think that was what bothered me it was just this very dramatic like 1950s head tilt of like pre-fainting you know like oh woe is me and i don't know and that's a thing contrived i don't know and that's the thing like the difference between like the amazonians and like diana in herself Mm -hmm. like she's so strong-willed and has like all of these like masculine very masculine particular um, Mm -hmm. characteristics that i don't remember that being like part of her narrative um like, I think back to, like, Justice League, like, the show mm-hmm. or stuff like that, where, like, Diana is just, like, I'm not having this shit. Like, yeah. you're not going to be sexist towards me. You're not going to say things that are going to put me in this place of, like, femininity. She and you're exists. not going to like me. Yeah. And just like, exists as who she is. And who she is is this badass Amazonian warrior who with the truth, with the lasso of truth. Right. And, and like, can't stop her. Does work. And so she th- is this- Superman's equal. Mm-hmm. And you want to mess with her? Like, no thanks. <laughs> no, like, Diana, like, is one of the best, like, superheroes in mm-hmm. general just because she handles her business and she plays no yep. games. Yep. And she never has, like, and I feel like this film tried to, like, humanize her in this, like, very, like, mo- misogynistic way of, like, yeah. trying to draw back the fact that she'd never gotten over this person. And, like, yeah, sure, character development. And, like, she su- shut herself off because, like, she lost the man of her, like, the man she loved for so long. Mm-hmm. But, like, why she got to sit up under Batman? Yeah. Like, I don't see the point of, like, him saying what he needed to say to her. But, like, that was, like... When they were in that battle and Flash fell into her boobs yeah. at that point, the lighting shifted at one point where she was just this under this, like, wider light. I'm like, you're in an underground battle. Why does she look so soft? Mm-hmm. And he looked embarrassed and she just looked sweet. And I just... She wouldn't have noticed. No, it's like... Like... Things that make sense in those type of things. Mm-hmm. I, like, I think of, like... This like the commercial for the new Tomb Raider movie. Mm-hmm. How like it's still trying to play into this like I'm a damsel in distress, but I'm like a badass bitch, and I can be both at the same time, yeah. which is fine. Like yeah, because you can. You can, and this is not the context for you to be a damsel in distress because I'm out here trying to save myself. Yep. By myself. Yep. And that's where I'm at. Like. So. You know the sexy lamp test? If you can, like, replace any female character with a sexy lamp, she's not a good character. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel that you could have replaced everyone on that team, including Batman, <laughs> with, like, Green Lanterns or, I don't know, Joe Schmo. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't have made a difference on the narrative. I mean, right. it, it was a great journey. It was an awesome, like just fight scene after fight scene and mm-hmm. like how are, how are we going to stop this yeah. but um i felt like everyone was nerfed at the end and 
Wonder Woman was carrying the team as best as she could. Right. (laughs) And, like, I think, I don't know where I read this, but somebody was just, like, Justice League was just, like, the first, like, 80% of the movie was just, like, a very long, drawn-out foreplay. Oh, yeah. Like, just long, drawn-out foreplay where it's, (laughs) like, I'm tired of foreplay. Like, I'm done. Like, let's finish this. Like, let's just get over it. And then it just, like, climaxed immediately. And then it was, like, oh, wait, we need to, like, make a new movie. Which, like, it was great because I got to see new characters. The way that they did Flash and the way that they did Cyborg was fascinating. It was so well put together. And, like, that was great if this was an origin story. Yep. And it didn't feel like an origin story, no. and it wasn't an origin story. So, And I, f- I felt it was a little disingenuous to the other material that we've had. I mean, we've had Justice League for years in yeah. animated forms, and we've had Batman for years in comic and animation, and it's just... the f- I mean, the Flash TV sh- series, and the again, spoilers, um, the fact that the Flash here wasn't established in any way whatsoever. It was just mm-hmm. felt... I don't know, like, what what were you doing? Like, they weren't being honest with the material that we have access to. Yeah. And it, um, it was a little, it, it was a little conflicting, but it was a fun watch. It was a fun and, watch. It is a good movie. Like, I yeah. will say that it was a really well mm-hmm. done movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I did, like, I cried four times. I cried at the beginning. The intro was a lot. Like, I don't know what it was equating Superman to, like, this world right now in the way that, like, hopelessness is just, like, a huge-ass yeah. narrative. But, like... But that was Superman's role. I mean, he was... Was hope. Yeah. And it was just, like... I could, like, understand what, like, that whole entire scene where people were just bouncing back and forth and you were bouncing from people's emotional states and, like, yep. the way that it was looking and the way that the world had turned into, like, this, like, piss-poor, like place I was just like oh my god is this like what I'm going through right now like Mm -hmm. I feel this and then like it just was like oh my gosh like I'm putting like I'm so bad at putting myself into things and like trying to evaluate it from a perspective inside of it because I'm like such an empath but um it made it the movie a lot more real than it needed to be yeah and so certain things and certain stuff that was said but at the same exact time like history not being like put into the thought process of the new Justice League. It's like, we're trying to be innovative and make this new story with the same material from 1947. Like, yeah. we can't keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot. But it was good. Um, I want to talk about Cyborg's character development real quick. Booyah. Booyah. Um, so his d- initial design in the movie is just this kind of jagged, um, very understandably kind of angry... Um, inhuman thing. Angry, inhuman, like, black man trope. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It's like, if I'm thinking about, like, tropes and ideas, it's like they gave him, like, this mystical Negro, like, trope mm-hmm. narrative, and then also we just was, like... Super science which is so exciting. Yeah, it's like, like... And that's the thing I love about Cyborg. It's like mm-hmm. Cyborg is, like, this hyper-masculine black man but has, like, this soft side because he's, he's a, a robot. Genius. And yeah. he's a genius. And it's just, like this multifaceted character who literally had the best backstory. Yep. Like, I'm pissed at my father for bringing me back to life. Spoiler alert. I'm mad as fuck about it. And they did it, they actually did that fairly well. Yeah, like so well. Comparatively, they did it fairly well. And, um, you know, his his development really kind of stuck out to me because I I, I think when they first introduce him, his voice is very metallic Mm -hmm. and robotic. But by the time he's, fighting Superman, spoilers, uh, 
it, he's very emotional of like I can't control this can't, and it just it sounded this. so human and yeah. I was like this is great and then at the end when he's all like I'm gonna be round edges and soft you're like ah and then Cassie was like yeah he's huggable now and I'm like you're right you can he hug him huggable. and not hurt yourself right and, um, it was it was a kind of it was a really great I thought it was really great character development. And like growth. the best growth. Yeah. It was like him and Flash. Like Flash's character and himself. He, and he was laughed about hurting adorable. his toes. I'm sorry, <laughs> He was like Flash was so adorable. He was. And it was just like it made sense because his backstory yeah. of like, you don't have to try anymore. You don't have to do all these things and like all this stuff because he was like, trying to prove himself for somebody else the whole entire time. And that goofy little run. Just oh my god, his <laughs> running form ah! is piss poor I, I was so irritated so and I was like this is cute like I know there's gonna be like a Bob movie where he's gonna learn how to run and it's gonna be cute but yeah. like my like track background was like okay chin to pocket why aren't you doing chin to pocket this yeah. stride is unrealistic you're wasting a lot of energy on the back end I need you to do better I need you to I do better I don't even run and I have better form than what right. like, it was so that. bad and I was just like ugh this is so bad. This is why you're slower than Superman. Like, it was just like, ew, you're gross. Like, I hate it. I mean, he was a really cute character. He and, was adorable. Um, I appreciated that he was just always asking about food. <laughs> like, He's if like, you can't tell him a foodie. I have fast metabolism and I need to eat. My blood sugar is really low. really low. Like, I was like, I identify with this character yes. a little too much. And, um... For people who are interested, at least, for Superman's character development, they... Definitely changed Edgelord, Sad McGee, or like the original Clark Kent from the last couple movies. Mm-hmm. But it was so bizarre to me to see this just attaboy American guy. Come it was in very performative. Yeah. It almost felt like, it was oh a my gosh. Yeah. I just like, I didn't like it. It didn't seem genuine. Like, no. I'm like, spoiler alert. Like, if I came back to life and the person who murdered me was right in front of me. And then, like, the love of my life pops back up. That is not going to chill me out. I'm still no. going to beat the fuck out of him. I, like, have all of a, I all of a sudden have really great coping skills that I didn't even have from before. <laughs> I didn't. We had a Jeff whole entire movie. Wonders. Yeah, like, we had a whole entire movie about each other, yeah. fighting each other. And all of a sudden, I see you, and you're the person who murdered me. And I'm just over here like, uh, let me, we're fine. Let me laugh about this. Let, like, let um, Batman use his white privilege and money and cap like capitalist gain and all this privilege to buy my like townhome back. No, buy the bank. Buy the bank. And then give that, me the And then give me the townhouse. <laughs> and all is forgiven. No, I'm dead. I died. Like yeah. literally we're gonna have to talk through this. Uh-huh. There's gonna have to be multiple counseling sessions. Like mm-hmm. let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. But like for the greater good, yeah, we can fight together, but like honestly totally. get the fuck up out my face. Like we are not that cool. Man. And him literally sw- like swooping in to solve all of the problems and to fix it all, like, why? Why? How? Also, how? How, how did he have <laughs> how the, enough why? time to be like, all right, I'm going to fight this guy. I'm going to go save this building full of people. And then I'm going to come back and fix the day. And then I'm going to laugh about Cyborg feeling like his toes hurt. And he has no toes. And he has no toes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I just like so good. I love. What is this? But I mean, despite our critiques, I really do think it's a movie kind of worth seeing. And I'm curious as to how this next, how the next movies will go. Yeah, it's gonna be. I feel like it's reintroducing Justice League in a different way. It's almost like. 
what was like they st- they've started doing this reboot series where they're reintroducing like the Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that the Power Rangers concept was completely different than the original Power Rangers. Yeah. If they were going to do that with Justice League, they should have done that now. Yeah. They they It did feel a lot like um <laughs> it did feel like Lego Batman 3 meets the Dark Side origin of Justice League because it had this kind of comedic mm-hmm. approaches to it which I'm so glad they did that with Batman and if you guys all enjoy the fact that Batman's openly struggling about being mortal <laughs> with gods or godlike people around him yeah like, that's real it'll be great um but it did kind of harken back to the dark yeah. side origins yeah. and okay last thing before we leave because yes. I have to talk about this before okay. we like wrap everything up Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Uh, Let me tell you about this one uh, scene. It doesn't matter if you go and see the movie, you will know what I exactly I'm talking about because Isaac's none of this is a spoiler. Heard around the world. I <laughs> was broken. So he That's an understatement. <laughs> an understatement. I must have like orgasmed inches all over the movie theater and everybody knew what happened. My pants oh, were yeah. leaking. It was disgusting. We all heard. <laughs> When he stabs that flying mutant whatever bug thing <laughs> and rides it like a surfboard he into a down. home yes. and then lands on him, throws his hair back, and is like, continue. With the triton in hand, like, literally, I couldn't have asked for a more sickening moment in my life of Jason Momoa. I screamed. Oh, it's so pretty. It was so pretty but also it goes back to the fact i don't understand anything with hair concepts ah! and how y'all are fighting with this long ass hair right the Ugh, least we could have sense. asked for keep this in mind the next people who write any scene for wonder woman <sighs> put her hair in a ponytail and a ponytail a bun same something with, an same updo. with aquaman updo ponytail updo it needs <laughs> yeah, to just, be an updo yeah it like is and if y'all make it a stylized updo <laughs> i don't need it no. i don't need it i just need i just need like a sock bun <laughs> like, literally <laughs> in thor ragnarok what's a face hella hella yeah. hella whatever hella. hella girl literally before she fought Pulled her hair back into a crown. Yeah. Like, we need to be, like, practical. That oh, is yeah. practical. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking of all these, like, women, like, supervillains who, whenever they transform, hair is slicked back for the gods. At least a headband. At least a headband. Just a headband. Like, <laughs> hair is out of their face. Like a, like a little cheap cloth headband. Because just... why the hell do you need hair in your face when you are battling? Yeah. It makes no sense. Mm-mm. It makes no sense. <sighs> Anyway, y'all, Erin, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Thank this you for inviting so me. so nice to just sit here and geek out. Yeah. Genuinely just geek all the way out. I hope everybody perfect. else enjoyed it, too. Yes. Yeah. If you are listening, thank you so much for listening. I really enjoy this. And, you know, I'm just having a great time. Yay. I'm just having a great time. So. Same. Anyway, any final words in the into the podcast um world to all the nerds nerdettes and nerd non-binaries out there mm, do yeah. you boo do, do you boo boo do yeah. you boo do you that's, that's so fun. real yeah. well thanks for listening y'all bye bye <laughs> and check on your strong friends most definitely yes